Welcome to the Particularly Packers podcast. Listen in as Bob Dog travels around the football universe in hopes of understanding the madness that we love about the league, particularly the Green Bay Packers. The journey begins now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, man, life is good. Life is good. Not all, you know, not for all the Packer organization, but... Overall, um, definitely in decent health. I hope you are in decent health as well. That's definitely the most important thing when we start the day. Um, we escaped this game without too many substantial injuries. What game am I talking about? Week 15 wraps up. Green Bay Packers have lost to the New York Giants. Green Bay Packers 22, New York Giants 24. Won the game on a last-second field goal that was basically given to them. Um, definitely a coaching fail, a personnel failure, um, listening to it a little more and just a disaster, but even more so the disaster is just mistakes repeating. Um, I'm not going to sit on here too long and bad mouth everybody. It's the same thing I've been saying when it comes to our coaching, we'll only play to that level. Um, it disappoints me when I see Matt LaFleur all worked up, like when Patrick Taylor, for example, didn't go out of bounds for a second time. I don't understand why this week uh, Matt LaFleur gets so worked up when it's like, dude, you had all week to be worked up like that. If you were worked up like that all week, he wouldn't have done it again this week. So there was a lot of failures of coaching. It's very clear. I'm not going to sit and uh, dwell on that one too much, but we can jump back into the game. Um, There was a lot, a lot of failures. Um, I look at trying to find, you know, I've watched the game like four times, man. I fell asleep watching it. I was watching another, and I typically don't fall asleep watching a Green Bay game. I don't think I ever have fallen asleep watching a Green Bay game, and that's just how sad our performance was as a whole. Um, I'll just start with the grades, I guess. We'll get into it real quick. Uh, I'll try to keep this one actually kind of short. I just want to get this out because uh, this is exactly why I stopped for those that know, you know, I took that gap and even doing these just because it was all just negative. I don't, I don't believe in our coaching staff. I don't believe in much, you know, I'm not even a religious fella, but we can get into that in a whole nother podcast. Uh, I'm not a believer in this coaching staff. I, I don't think that Matt LaFleur will ever be a Super Bowl winning coach, maybe as an assistant coach to Shanahan or to Sean McVay or one of those guys, but Matt LaFleur himself is not a leader. He's been around a lot of leaders, but he clearly cannot lead a locker room. He seems to be more of like a homie than an alpha male. I don't think anybody in there um, respects him as a leader. I think that he's the coach. I don't think they disrespect him in any way, shape, or form, but I just don't, I don't see that leader mentality coming from him. You know, I think he's really driven by emotions. That's not what we want our, our uh, players running off of is the emotions that he was expressing on the sidelines, just that frustration, just that he, he looked very immature. Um, and I, I, I don't like seeing that from our coach. I think it, you know, translates through our players. And unfortunately we don't have a veteran presence on the sideline to correct any of them. So that's, that's just very, it was unfortunate watching this game. I've watched it multiple times. I've tried to find something to really highlight and it, it was, it was really trash. You know, a lot of inconsistency, uh, special teams looked awful. I mean, just special teams alone. What, what do we do? I'll just start, jump on the grading coaching. I'm giving him a D a solid D um, offense, giving him a C minus besides love. The offense wasn't that bad. Defense, give them a D. There was nobody on there was a standout. Um, I know that a lot of that comes down to, you know, schematics, and they were not really schemed and maybe possibly put in position to perform. But even at that level, you typically win enough one-on-ones or 
some way to f- come and stand out and be like, well, at least we had this one bright spot. We didn't even have that. So that was very hurtful. Special teams, I'm going to give them a D, but they, they really deserve an F. Um, looking back at my my notes, I mean, we had penalties on punt returns. We had a kickoff that should have gone out of bounds, but it was uh, saved by a genius on the other team that let the ball hit his leg right before it went out of bounds. We had the missed field goal. We had a fumbled punt return. I mean, it was just awful. Special team probably deserves an F. I'm going to give them a D minus, actually. I'm reevaluating that one right now as I do it. Um, overall, I mean, we just had some just bad games. I mean, Van Ness had a huge fail on containing the edge, just over-aggressive cut back inside. Dude bouncing around the outside. He broke on us. We had uh, Rudy Ford had a special teams penalty where he tried to push the offensive player into the guy and just cost us yardage there. Nixon had a, a very poor blitz. He had very poor coverage. He had an overall bad game. He had the fumble as well. I mean, there were just no standouts when you look at the whole team. It, it was it was sad, folks. Um, coaching, we're, we're, we're so limited by our coaching. And I, I know we still have a chance for the playoff. We actually have a 47% chance for the playoffs. Like Our destiny is in our hands, but it, it's a tough one. Folks. It's a tough one for me because Matt LaFleur is not going to be a Super Bowl winning coach and I want to win a Super Bowl so as long as he's there we're not going to win the Super Bowl you know what I mean we might do good enough to hit the playoffs we have enough talent to win enough games in our division you know and it's not hard to outcoach our division we definitely got outcoached this weekend that's saying a lot because the Giants are not known for their coaching however this weekend's matchup we're going against not a very good coach um who is it over there Todd Bowles or something I'm not really sure. I, I remember they fired Bruce Arians and it's just gone downhill ever since and that was a power struggle because Tom Brady didn't get along with Arians as soon as Tom Brady left they wished they had Arians in that spot but he's not jumping back down he's already up in that top office he's like nope forget y'all y'all did me like that I ain't going back down there forget you so that's definitely a coaching nightmare over in Tampa Bay. So when it comes to coaching, we will be probably a damn near equivalent this weekend. And that's saying a lot because our coaching was trash this weekend. Anybody who thinks differently, I don't know what game you watched. Um, I love the Packers. Love them. Love them a long time. That doesn't mean I need to agree with what's going on. Still don't agree with the Jordan Love thing. Um, we're seeing a lot of inconsistency out of them. Seen a lot of highlights. And that's where it comes back this last uh, week or two on – especially on Twitter. That's most of my social media when I follow Packer stuff is mostly on Twitter. Sorry if I'm not more active on the other things, but I have been doing better. Um, it, it was it was, it was was comical watching all these things. I mean, people were talking about Super Bowl this and talking about Goody being executive of the year and all these moves that he's made. And I don't know where the hell that went this weekend. I'll tell you what, everybody's on a you know, whole different change of tune this weekend. It was, it was, it was a... Uh, <laughs> It's own joke. You know what I mean? I saw a lot of, I wanted to retweet some of the things that I just like, you know, I ain't even got to, it was a lot of Valentine posts. There was, there was people posting about, oh, well, when Stokes comes back and you here comes back, who's, there's going to be a competition at court. There's no damn competition, man. Valentine is a very sad to watch for me as a cornerback. Um, He's been very overrated. Valentine is its own struggle. We're definitely going to have issues if we don't get our starters back. Um, with that being said, you know, we had a lot of people missing this game. We had no Watson on our, you know, our number one wide receivers missing. We had no Aaron Jones, our number one running back. Quay Walker was gone. Here Alexander was gone. Eric Stokes was out. I mean, we had plenty of people missing. 
the people that showed up, I don't even know if they were there. They could all have MIA posters, you know, and it was there was not one standout. Um, Slayton was very close. Slayton was, he pushed through the line. He made some spectacular starts. He just didn't get the finishes. So he, he got really close, but, you know, Maybe you just got to be better coached to get those finishes because he got into position quite a few times. Um, it was sad, folks. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on things coaching-wise. I mean, there were just multiple wide receiver routes that didn't go to the first down marker. A lot of that it, offense is all ran through Matt LaFleur, so it's all going to fall on him. Jordan Love had um, substantial inconsistencies. I guess that's the correct way to put it, the politically correct way to put it. Um, He was, what, 25 of 39 for 218 yards, one touchdown and one interception. It was was a sad performance. I don't think that he had much support um, as far as coaching to kind of give him, like, awareness and here, let's do this or let's kind of run this offense to kind of give you a cushion. I think we definitely missed the downfield threat. In Matt LaFleur's play calling when it came to Watson, there weren't even many plays called downfield, let alone we don't have a downfield threat without the presence of Watson, the big body. A lot of people were big, you know, hype on Reed. I think that he ran quite a few sweeps, a lot more than Packer fans would have liked to see from our coaching staff. There was definitely a two-point conversion call there that uh, never should have been in the playbook, trying to run that sweep around that edge. However, I understand A.J. Dillon, we all love the guy. What did he get? 15 carries for 53 yards. I mean, there's no lateral movement. When he gets the ball, he's not doing any jump steps. He's not doing the patience and jumping behind blockers. And I love Le'Veon Bell. That's all I can think about when I think about that type of movement. And uh, we love A.J. Dillon, but he's not that. And even when, you know, Jones comes in, he's got his own fumble issues and his own flaws. So we got issues. An all-personnel group. I mean, there's nothing that I really feel strong about at this point. We have our questions right now arising with Yahir Alexander and his, you know, injury condition being out over four weeks, but he never went on injury reserve, which draws its own questions, especially here in Lafleur in his press conference saying that it's frustrating. Um, Yahir, got a, he made me want to sell some rookie cards when he was like, if I'm not at 100%, I don't even want to be on the field. Just as a football player, Knowing his talent level, we'd love to see him out there, even if he's got one arm. You know what I mean? Charles Woodson type guy. I love those players. I love those down and dirty. I respect what he's saying, especially in today's league with the uh, stats and the way they're used against you in your contract negotiations and all that bullshit. So I understand it. I under, understand Jahir's uh, position, especially with what's going on on our defense and just having him out there is going to make the other side more focused upon, and that would at least give Valentine more as the uh, more emphasis and more of a point of focus. Uh, but unfortunately, I think he's been exposed. His lack of tackling literally led to his huge fumble return. If you watch him, he should have sealed that edge. He cut inside of the wide receiver with just some hilarious, like, you just got to watch him try to run through that block on the outside. He just super dramatic, pops backwards and just all that, and then he tries to go forward, runs, finally gets to the running back, and instead of making the tackle, he just literally backs up, backs up. Barkley goes to the ground, fumbles the ball, and Valentine's laid there to pick it up because he doesn't want to make the contact. You can see it on the the Barkley touchdown run where Valentine's just standing back watching it. He's the one guy that's unblocked that can make the play and just doesn't choose to. He actually went for the ball trying to do a strip on, like, the one-yard line instead of trying to stop Saquon Barkley. 
Biggest disappointment, um, Jonathan Owens actually had to hold Valentine back. Valentine made a stop on, what was it, like a four-yard catch, and he just going off on Robinson and just going off. Even the announcer was like, well, good thing Owens grabbed uh, Valentine because Valentine probably would have got a taunting penalty. There was nothing worth taunting over. It's disgusting watching it as a failure to coach, as a failure of discipline. There's a huge lack of discipline all the way around the team. Um, I think that shows up in the stats when you start talking about our team being what were we – Going into the game, I'm going off memory here. I think we were the third most penalties in the NFL, and that's <laughs> that's horrible. We had the most special teams penalties in the NFL. I mean, that's there's no it's just poorly coached. I understand that we have the youngest team, but when it's the the mistakes are repeating time and time again, it's just there's a failure to coach during the week, and you can't just coach on the weekends. You can't be pissed off in here on Sunday on game day when you're sitting there trying to act like you're screaming at Matt LaFleur when Patrick Taylor didn't get out of bounds again for the second week in a row. I mean, and he did it twice last week, so this is actually the third time in two games. It, it's just disgusting. It, it's sad to watch. Um, I wanted to get a podcast out there. I didn't want to dwell on it too much. I had nothing nice to say, which is why I didn't mind. You know, I went a whole year without doing a damn podcast because uh, I don't believe in this top organization here. Um, it's sad to see. I still, you know, but hey, Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers, as much as I disapproved of a lot that he did, especially the drama that came with him, um, especially the uh, doing the interviews and stuff throughout the week and the added drama that that brought and just, you know, his uh, drug use and all that stuff being in a spotlight, didn't approve of any of that. However, he was right when he was talking about Jordan Love as a draft pick. It was, it was BS um, for everything that we were missing. We were one piece away. We could have got a number one draft pick. Let's just say wide receiver, for example. At least we would have known. Now we're stuck with what we had, you know, those years of when we were so close and we got Jordan Love, and now Jordan Love is so many pieces away, you know, that it's it's not even fair to him. So it's like, dang, man. It just, it, it hurts, you know, and that's all going to start up top. So we'll look forward to this week, 6-7 and seven versus 6-7. and seven. We have the Bucks in town coming to Green Bay. Huge playoff matchup. Um, like I said, Green Bay's 47% chance to make the playoff. Our destiny is in our hands. Tampa Bay's 42%. Their destiny is in their hands. This is going to be a fight for a playoff spot. Who wants to make the playoffs is going to win this game. Um, there's a lot more veteran experience and even championship experience on the Tampa Bay side. But we got the youth. We got the youth, you know, and it's a... Uh, Baker Mayfield versus Jordan Love. Baker Mayfield, the thing of the past, man. I mean, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but he was supposed to be the great. He was supposed to be it, man. See Deshaun over there in his position, what Deshaun's going through over there with the Browns. The Browns don't make anybody's career easy. That's all I can say about the Baker Mayfield situation. I've always rooted for him. I I, Just because I watch so many haters, I've kind of rooted for him, but I won't be this week. Um like I said, coaching-wise, I think we're almost equivalent. Neither of us have a very good coach uh, when it comes to that. Bruce Arians, man, if he was down there, it would be a whole different scenario. But, hey, you look at Mike McCarthy now. He's looking like a damn genius. But, hey, hey, we ain't got to, you know, we ain't got to. <laughs> man, that, that, that hurts to say to my heart as a Packers fan, but I'm, I'm happy for him, man, happy for Mike McCarthy and what he's doing. But not really because I'm not a Cowboys fan in any way, shape, or form. Those are like the enemies. So, we got this weekend, man. We got to watch for Rashad White. If we do not stop Rashad White, it's game over. The dude will put up 200 yards on us. If he puts over 100 yards rushing, we already have a huge problem, but he gets a lot of receiving yards out of the backfield as well. 
And we've seen what these running backs have been doing to us. So that's very concerning. And uh, hopefully Eric Stokes plays. I know he's been getting out there doing a little run around. You hear Alexander, like I said, that whole injury situation. I'm not really sure what's going on. Hopefully he gets on the field. We could definitely use Quay Walker. Um, Campbell, man, he's looking a step slow in all the tape. It's definitely going to be a consideration. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I don't think you could trade him. I don't think you'd get much value, but an upgrade in that situation or that position would be nice. McDuffie, he was probably the strongest standout of this weekend, and that's saying a lot because he did not do any. You know, he played. He played one of his best game as a Packers, and that's saying a lot. But it's not saying much. I don't think he uh, concreted himself as a starter in any way, shape, or form. But he definitely made some very decisive plays, hit the hole as he shall, and you know, as he should. And he, he had a solid game. So McDuffie, man, let's give it up for that guy. I guess if there was anybody on the defense, our punter didn't do too bad. So I guess if you want to give it up for somebody, maybe, maybe I, I, I it, uh, yeah, what? Well, let's just give it to him. So. It, it was hard, folks. It was hard. So, Patrick Taylor, man, we got to figure something out. I would say cut his ass right now. You know, don't even let him stay around. Um, it was just it, – it was bad over there because that's two weeks in a row. If you haven't learned your lesson, you cannot let this type of stuff repeat. Our coach should have taught him the lesson throughout the week, but clearly he hasn't learned the lesson. Um, cost us another timeout, and we don't need to do that to ourselves anymore. We definitely picked up – damn, who was it that we picked up? Got, oh, Kenyon Drake. I wouldn't mind putting Kenyon Drake in there. Give him a chance. He will go out of bounds when the time comes. I promise you that much. And uh, he might fumble, but we got that issue even when our main starter's in the game. So I've I've watched Kenyon Drake a little bit. He was on one of my fantasy teams. I believe he was drafted to where Miami, if I remember correctly. It didn't really work out. He did have a couple little highlight little years where he did decent, but it's hit or miss with him. He's just very inconsistent. That's the name of our game right now in Green Bay, so hopefully we can clean that up, but that'll come back with coaching. I don't see any improvement happening there. Even if we miss the playoffs, I think Matt LaFleur will be our coach next year, so this will be rinse and repeat. We'll definitely time management is his kryptonite, has shown that he cannot do that. Um, he is, cannot coach it, and he cannot manage it when it goes down. Some of those play calls were definitely questionable. The two-point conversion to every person in the stadium was questionable, especially because it was like the eighth one he's ran that day. I understand A.J. Dillon cannot get around the side. He, he is in, incapable of getting around the edge. He's just going right through the middle, which is what we brought him in for. Without Jones, we really have no side uh, presence, so running those sweeps was working there for a little bit, but at the goal line, way too many people um, in that area and just a bad one. I think... LaFleur even admitted it's a bad call, but we're getting way too late. Like he said, he was saying, I believe it was him, but in week 10 or something, there was no excuse for the young players. We're in week 10. We're in like his third season, fourth season, whatever. Now we have no excuse, no damn excuse for those types of calls in that situation. So, and you can, you can chop it up to what it is. There was just a lot of play, bad play calls, a lot of uh, failure of execution, a lot of players on different pages um, that fourth down sequence or the, the game-winning field goal sequence that occurred listening to all the interviews, you got to listen, man. LaFleur does not take much responsibility. That's one of my first concerns. He's very uh, emotionally driven. I don't like that about people. I, I definitely think that we need to rely on you know a leader that's not emotionally. You don't want the emotions driving you. We need our task at hand to uh, be our, our, you know, and 
different folks, different strokes for different folks. But for me, I like Andy Reid. I like his demeanor on the sidelines. You know, even like a Sean Payton and uh, Pete Carroll. Even though he looks like he's tweaked out, chewing gum all the time, but he's always worked up. You know, what I mean, he's not he's not slightly where he's always amped up. I don't like the people that are kind of you know chill and then not chill. Bill Cower, I respect him because he was always lit. He was always yelling. Mike Tomlin, he's the opposite, typically pretty chill. If he does go off, he goes off, you know, and he has a reason. So I like that about people. I don't like the roller coaster ride. I think that LaFleur is a roller coaster ride. I think that you can see it in his play calling. When we have Watson out there and we're taking the big shot right off the gun, when we don't have Watson out there, he's real conservative. He's not going for the throat. He's not a killer in that mentality. I like that killer mentality. Um, What else you want me to say, folks? So I'm going to wrap it up with that one. Like I said, Bucks coming in. This is going to be a huge game. Mike Evans is going to be a huge problem if we don't have any of our starting cornerbacks because there has been nothing on tape that shows me Valentine or Valentine can cover him. And you're not getting much help on this defense. Um, we don't scheme very well in order to give help. We've been beaten in all ways, shapes, or forms, especially in running on the two-minute scenario. So don't expect much from uh, – our defense and Joe Barry. Like I said, Joe Barry is the safe guy. We don't give up many big plays, but we give up so much underneath that it adds up. You might as well give up the damn big plays. So Barry, he's going to be around to the end of the season. I think he's definitely done. He will have to be gone. Um, LaFleur will probably still be there, but I don't mind looking into his replacement. So probably next podcast, I'll be looking Hey, who can we replace him with? Cause I don't like, complaining about a situation and not providing at least a solution so i'll look into that for everybody so big game coming up in two days super excited is going to come down um o-line we're going to have some you know big test on our hand we i think vita veo be playing they got some big studs up there that can give us some huge problems but our offensive line has been playing decent there were some definitely some flaws this weekend so that's why i can't give them too good of a grade but overall they're playing generally the highlight of our uh, offense. And even then our wide receivers, I'm not a believer in the room that we have. A lot of people hyped up on, you know, on Heath and just all this t- and everybody real hyped up. I don't see it, man. I don't see, it. I like those big body receivers and nothing like that. Nothing like those stud wide receiver ones. Dobbs is not that he's already, he's been here long enough to see that he's not that guy. Um, Watson may develop into it, but outside of him, there's no, I mean, Wicks is not going to be that guy. I mean, they can all be solid. They can be more of like a Randall Cobb slot receiver, but a lot of them don't have that athleticism. But I look at Amon Ross St. Brown, and boy, that boy is talented, man. I wish we would have got him in the draft. So a lot of things going forward that we can definitely improve on, so that's always a good thing. And uh, we're still in the race. We're still in the race. We control our own destiny. Um, I don't have high hopes for it. If I was betting, you know what I mean, I would bet for us just because my heart's there. But if I was on the outside, I'm going to bet that, this team would stumble just because of the youth and everything. So, hey, hopefully we can do it. We're all rooting for them. Definitely my heart's with the Packers. I want to see it going forward. But I do know in reality if we miss the playoffs, it's a lot more likely Lafleur gets let go than if we make the playoffs. So I don't see a future of championships with Matt Lafleur. I don't think many people do. So with that being said, I would like to get somebody in the building that we could see a championship with. Hey, maybe we can get McVay in the building. Not going to lie with what the Rams have been going through. I know they're screwed due to their cap scenario, but you're going to have some coaches going out. I don't want Belichick. I'm not saying to bring that old of a fossil in. Nothing against him. He's a great guy. Love what he's doing, but I do believe that 
with this youth um, bringing that type of veterancy into the room is not going to click well. I don't. I just don't see it going very well. These guys are way too young, and uh, I don't like that approach. So I do think that there's going to be some options. I'm not saying to pick up uh, the Chargers head coach who just got fired. That whole scenario after that fiasco last night, that was disgusting, which is why I gave our coaches a D instead of an F because we saw – we saw last night what the real, real failure of coaching are, and we're just not far off it. And we all knew that when we played those Giants. Because, man, if we would have put up two less touchdowns, we would have looked, looked a lot like the Chargers did last night. So let's end it on the up and up. We're definitely going to have high hopes for this weekend, come out with a dub. We're probably going to win. I was doing the math, man. I saw the Bucks on average have been given up in the last seven games. I believe they've given up almost 24 points. So if we can put up 24, I don't know if we can keep them for an under 24. So it's going to be another real close game, probably 27, 20, you know, 24, 21 or 27, 24 type game. If we can get over 24, it's likely we win. Um, I can see us keeping them somewhere around that 20 point mark. I think even the Giants got 24. So. If we get over 24, we win. That's what it's going to come down to. All right. Love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Like I said, I'm sorry to be the person uh, of negativity. I don't even look at it. I'm, I'm a realist. Everybody that knows me has called me a realist. If you've listened to the past episodes, you already know that I've been a realist in this scenario and we were getting all these wins. I understand where, uh, let's just say, the Chargers were. I, I understood the decline. I wasn't so hyped off beating them. Um, Kansas City, they've been hit or miss and just looking at their team in general, they still have a decent O line. You know, they still have a lot of talent there, but they're not clicking on wide receiver. Kadarius Tony is not equated to what a lot of us hoped he would as a, as a white, uh, number one draft pick. So when I look at Kansas city, I understand they were hurting. They didn't have Nick Bolton. Everybody knows I'm a big Bolton fan. So I knew their defense was hurting one there with their main pieces. So I didn't overvalue those wins. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for him, man. I'm thankful. I think we have more to come. Can we close it out? It starts with this weekend. So let's get ready. It's time to go to war. And Jordan, it's all up to you, man. Don't look for your coach. He's not going to bail you out. He's going to give you some BS play calls. And if anything, man, audible us to success. Put the ball in Jordan Love's hands. Don't let LaFleur ruin it for us. Hopefully we can replace his ass, but I know we won't. So until then, I love our Packers. I'm going to keep riding with us. And I'm sorry for the delay. I was just really looking for a highlight. I watched the film too many times. There was no highlights, man. I love, appreciate. Oh, Josh Myers did get out, and uh, he made some good leeway on some of those, you know, sweeps. I saw that big boy running, man. So give it up for Josh Myers, boy. Hey, man, those tires were going. So, all right. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. We're going to win this weekend. Go Pack, go. You have been listening to the Particularly Packers podcast. Please follow us on social media and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening and as always, Go Pack Go!